Welcome to the Awakening Church, one of the great churches Maui has to offer. And now, Pastor Stephan Fusle with this week's message. Well, good morning, aloha. My name is Pastor Stephan. So great to have you here. It's a beautiful Maui day. Hey, aren't we, aren't we blessed to be here in Maui? Let's give God a praise for that, right? We could be anywhere else. We're here. But anyway, we are, like uh, Rod said, we are kicking off a brand new series called Christian Atheist. Christian, and you're like, well, that's kind of like an oxymoron, right? Is this not, does it make sense? But the reality is that there's a lot of people that believe in God, but their lives, the way they live it, doesn't match their belief. And in fact, in the United States, statistically, there's actually three out of four people who claim that they believe in God. Three out of four people, not bad, right? But with that in mind, you would, have think, you would have thought that our nation would be in a much better place and we wouldn't have some of the problems we had if three out of four people really did believe in God. And this is like something that seven out of ten people that believe specifically that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. If seven out of ten people were, would live as though they were following Christ, that we would have a much different scenario in our lives and where we live and where we work and the schools we go to the office place. But the, the sad reality is, is a lot of us, we struggle to get to know God more. We struggle to, to fear him. We struggle uh, with um, wanting, not wanting to become one of those Jesus freaks. The ones that go a little over, how many of you guys know someone that just goes a little overboard with their faith and you're just kind of creepy a little bit? Okay, well, you know, see, we're, we're worried about those things. We're worried about uh, uh, trusting him. But today, we're specifically, we're going to be focusing on getting to know him better. Uh, we believe in God, but we, we, we need to get to know him better. Let me give an example. Uh, let's see, Adolf Hitler's one of the worst people, right? And he's at this big Grand Canyon, and he's going to try to be good enough to earn his way to God, right? And he's like, ee! He, like, goes out three feet and splat, Okay. Right, Mother Teresa, she goes out like 500 feet. She goes, eee, she's really good, right? And it, splat, she missed it. She can't make it by being good. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. And so, and that takes knowing him. That takes surrender in our lives. Now, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse, uh, verses 21 through 23, it says, Not everybody who calls me out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesy in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. That's a verse that a group of young people read to me in, in China after I went, because they were like, hey, we want to send you to China on a mission trip. And I had like smuggled Bibles and went to underground churches and stuff. And here I am, I'm not a Christian. I was a phony. And I had a group of people sit around me and read me that verse and say, hey, you're not a Christian. It was crazy. I, I couldn't tell them they were wrong. And God literally shut my mouth. And I realized I was a phony. And that but they read that verse to me, I was angry because I knew it was true. I knew it was true. And that's a scary verse for me because a lot of Christians will one day go before God 
and they'll say, hey, God, aren't, aren't we good? Aren't we tired? I did. I went to church. I went to a mission trip. I gave. I, and, he, and he's going to be saying to some of them, this is the scary thought, away from me, I never knew you. Isn't that scary? Do we know God as much as we ought to? Do we have a relationship with him as good as we, will he know who we are and we will know who he is when we stand before him? So, some, some of you might be in the category, you, you believe in God, but you don't know him. You haven't crossed that line of faith. You haven't surrendered your life to him. The second category of the group you might find yourself in is some of you believe in God, and you know him, but you don't know him well. You, you don't know him well. You want to get to know him better. A lot of us who call ourselves Christians would be in that category. We want to get to know him better. For example, one of my favorite basketball players is Kobe Bryant. I know some of you guys are hater, Laker haters, okay? Yeah, but my favorite player and my favorite team is the Los Angeles Lakers, and Kobe Bryant's my man. All right, he's incredible. He's, to me, he's the greatest. He's better than Jordan. Some of you are like, boo, no, no, no. No, for me, I believe it. But, you know, and I, I went to a lot of his games. I saw him play live. I even got like a, like a third row seat from where they run through, and I just wanted to like, you know, get an autograph, but I didn't get to. Uh, you know, he's, he already had warmed up, and I guess everybody, I got a lot of other signatures, but I didn't get Kobe's. Anyway, um, not too long ago, I got to see him live, play it live, one of his last games, and, and then the last game he played, I was watching it on the TV, and I got all emotional, oh, my man Kobe, he's gone, he's leaving, right? It's like, he scored 60 points, it was amazing, so I feel like I, I, I know Kobe, but, you know, I tell you what, if I call them up or Facebook them and said, hey, man, you want to go hang out? You want to grab some bite to eat, you know? You'd be like, I don't know you, right? You see, see the difference between that and somebody like your spouse who have been married to for, you know, been with for 15 years and you know them, you know what little things irritate them and set them off. This is the kind of thing I'm talking about with God, that the, the intimacy that developed that, that progresses our relationship with him. We, we, we get to know him and he knows us. And he's like, oh, I, I've hung out plenty with this guy. I've, I've walked with this guy in prayer times and he, I've given him advice and big decisions and I know this one and he knows me. I tell him to do stuff and he obeys. That's the kind of relationship that we need to strive for. So, a lot of us who call ourselves Christ followers, who know him but want to get to know him better, we're informed by God, but we're not transformed by God. We're informed by God, but we're not transformed. There's not, there's not this, this maturing process that happens yet in our lives. And Paul states in Galatians chapter 4, verse 8 through 9, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to the house who, you were, who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? So Paul says, say, hey, hey, you know God, you know God. But some of you are turning back to getting sucked into some of the things of this world and the way you're living isn't reflecting that he's transformed you. He's paid for you with a price. I remember in 
China, giving my heart to Jesus, surrendering to him. And then people started coming to me and saying, oh, well, Stephen, I feel like God is telling me to tell you that you're called to ministry, you're called to be an evangelist, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, this is what I was afraid of, right? No, I don't know. And I went, as soon as I got home to my hometown, I found my old, old girlfriend, got reacquainted with her, got started dabbing around things that before, right? My original city of sin. But I tell you what, it, there is that, that, that pull, and it may seem fun, but I tell you something, it was really weird. When I surrendered my life to him, that stuff didn't taste the same. It was like he ruined it. He ruined the fun of sin. And I just, it just did, I couldn't do it anymore. I needed him. I needed his spirit. I needed that transformation and that, that, that life and that intimacy with him that I experienced when I gave my heart to him. And so I, I walked away from those things. Now, are, are there temptations, right, as believers? Are there things that kind of pull on us and then we lose our temper at the uh, checkout line at the bank teller or we, right, uh, or we yell at the lady in the parking lot? We, the thing is, is that that nature's there, but, but God wants you to know him well. He wants to take it to the next level. Now, so some believe in God but don't know him. Some uh, know him but don't know him well. And then the final category is some know him intimately and serve him wholeheartedly. And this is where we want to get. This is where we want to end up. Amen? And you hear his voice, right? You see his hand in your daily life. This is, this is what happens when you know him mentally and serve him wholeheartedly. You see his hand in your life. You, uh, you're actively walking with God, including him in big decisions. You're aware of his presence. Your worship is a natural overthrow of the, of, the, of the thankfulness in your heart for what God's done in your life. Um, yeah, you're not perfect, right? But you've been ruined for God. Your love for him grows more and more each day. David, this is an example of where we want to be. This is what David said. He said, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. Now, David, David is talking about seeking for him, thirsting for him. He's saying his whole being longs for God. Is that where you are right now? If you, are you thirsting for him? Are you hungry? Is your whole being crying out, I want to know God more? If not, that's where it needs to be. It's a natural overflow. Now, again, David wasn't perfect, right? He was an adulterer. He murdered some guy. But you know what? He loved God. He knew him intimately. God redeemed the broken stuff, took him further and further and further to a point where David says this in Psalms. He says, Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. Those who know your name. Here's something interesting that I found. The way that you address God, the way you call him, indicates how well you know him. All right? Let me, let me break this down 
for just a little bit, okay? So how you address God indicates how well you know God. So if somebody calls me on my cell phone and it's an unknown number, and somebody says, hello, is this Mr. Fossil? You don't know me. It's Fusle. Fusle. Right? Well, Mr. Fossil, can I have a few minutes of your time? Uh, nope. I don't know you. Right? Can you do this survey? <laughs> can I sell you something? Or if somebody says, Pastor Stefan. Right? Oh, okay. Well, somebody knows me a little bit more. There's a little bit of connection there. But if somebody calls me Daddy, my little daughters, there's a whole different degree of knowing daddy, daddy. Oh, my heart flutters when I hear my daughters say daddy. My daughters wrote a letter to me. And they, they actually put dad, D-A-D on the letter. And I was like, oh, that's so awesome. And they did like a colored, like a mermaid in there. They both, one colored on one side, one colored on the other side. They call me dad, daddy. It's a different title for me. Somebody comes up to me and says, my man Steph, right? That, that, that shows a little bit more, right? A relationship and best buddy does that or something. Um, you know, somebody else I know um, calls me Mr. Matterhorn. Um, she's, uh, she's in here today. It's my wife. But only my wife can call me that. All right? That's a mountain in uh, Switzerland, okay? Because I'm Swiss. I'm a Swiss guy. All right. Mountain. All right. So the way she calls me and the way people call, call you indicates the relationship with you, right? You've got nicknames. All right, the same goes with God. It's not to diminish his authority of who he is, but when you start calling like, man, my man upstairs, big, the big guy, my friend, my, my baby Jesus, six pounds, eight inches, what, what's, what's that, um, um, not Anchorman, but the um, oh, Talladega Nights, there we go, Talladega Nights. Dear baby Jesus, <laughs> six pounds. I like praying to baby Jesus, right? <laughs> so how you call him, it shows your relationship. Maybe that, that character didn't know Jesus very well. but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Now, uh, but anyway, but you start thinking of God as your, your father, your Abba father, your provider, your savior, king, your friend, your redeemer. Father, protector, comforter, shelter. You, you, you start thinking of him, and, and, and when you talk with him, there's an intimacy there with the way that you speak to him because you know him. Now, you used to believe in God, and you didn't, and you didn't know him at one point. And, and, and maybe you were a Christian atheist. I, I know I was. But... When you get to know him, and this is the application part, when you get to know him, yeah, look, you're going to have your setbacks. You're not perfect. You're going to make mistakes, and people are going to notice, and it's going to be blaringly obvious, and you're going to be, you know, it's not fun. It's humble pie. But if you stick with it, stick with your relationship with God, and you keep on walking with him, your life starts to change. Your, start, your life starts to get transformed to where you look back a year from now, five years in, in the future, you look back at who you were now or then and who you are now, you're going to be like, wow, look at God has done in my life. Look how I've grown. And, and you'll notice as you grow closer with God, see, here, here, this, is what I was, this is what I'm talking about. The greatest commandment, 
is what? In the Bible, what did Jesus say the greatest commandment was? Love God. And then what? Love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, if you got that, if you got those two, then you got the whole Bible. You're good. If you got that. But, but, but think about it, though. Love God. We're incapable of loving God on our own. We're incapable of loving ourselves on our own. We're incapable of loving others on our own. But when we get in touch with God's love, when we start to learn to receive it and say, God, like David, King David, he would say this. He said, let me hear each day, God, of your unfailing love. Unfailing. No matter what you've done, it's there. It's accessible to you. It's unfailing love. And you're allowed to fill up with it. He said, let me hear of your unfailing love each day. My, the Father that loves me, for I am trusting in you. And then he says, show me which way to walk, for I give myself to you. And so when, so when we receive God's love, it fills us up. Because the Bible says, right, we love because he first loved us, right? So God pours his love into us, then we're capable of loving ourselves, and then we're able of, capable of loving our neighbor. If the love just comes through us. And so that love, that connection to that love gives David focus and direction and vision on where to go. Show me which way to walk, for I give myself to you. And so when we have this love and it fills us, we're able to do, we're able to give it back to God, we're able to give it to others, we're able to give it to ourselves. Now I'm not talking about like, hey, I'm the man, I'm the best, I can Conceited arrogance, narcissism. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a respect, knowing that your worth is great and that God has a plan for you, that he wants to do big things with your life. That's the kind of self-love I'm talking about. But when we receive God's love, then we're able to know where we're to go and we're able to love him and know him intimately and grow with him intimately. And then things start changing. Things start changing. When you... When you get that love, your heart starts breaking for things. Your heart starts breaking. I remember having um, children for the first time, and then I saw a little child on the TV, and it was dying in his parents' arms because some bomb in Syria, shrapnel had cut through him, he's turning purple. And I started weeping. I, I, just because there's something that changed in my heart because now I had children and I couldn't, I couldn't believe that this is happening and my heart started breaking. You'll find yourself, because when you're filled with his love and you're transformed by and you start to know him, your heart will start breaking for stuff. You'll start forgiving more quickly. Before you would hold on to things and you'd just be like an elephant. You would never forget and you'd hold it against them. And pull out a list and write it down so you would forget and hold it in their face. But you're starting to forgive more easily. You're starting to have compassion for a poor person before you would just ignore him. But now if they ask you for, for money, you're like, hey, I can buy you a sandwich. And you go buy him a sandwich. And you start seeing yourself having more com com compassion for people who are discarded in this world. Uh, and you start hungering for God's presence more. You're his Holy Spirit, you, you want more of that because that sin is not filling your bucket. It's his love and his presence that does it. So you start seeking him. You're more quick to share your faith when you get to know God more, you, you, you grieve, your heart grieves at sin. So when someone's stuck and oppressed and locked down and enslaved by sin, that grieves your heart. 
You're not being as judgmental. You, you, you start showing fruits of the Spirit, right, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, right, self-control. All these kind of things, they happen as a result of you kind of like a sponge soaking in the love of God, and it starts transforming you. And that love is that relationship of knowing Him and growing to know Him more intimately. Things change. You desire to worship and pray. Be with Him. Spend time with Him. You go one day without God and you notice. You go a couple days without God and then your close friends or spouse notices. You go long enough and then the whole world notices. And you remember the intimacy you had with him and you long for it and say, I need to get back with God. I need to get to know him more. And what, that, what does that mean? Well, we're gonna get more into that on this series but we're going to close right now, and I want to, I want to, I want to challenge you in just a second. No matter where you find yourself, if you don't know him, or you know him, but you want to get to know him well, or you know him intimately and you serve him wholeheartedly, there's still room for growth. Um, no matter where you are, I'm, I'm going to pray for you um, to take that next step. So if you haven't surrendered your life to Christ, we're going to take you through that. If you need to grow in your relationship more with him, we're going to pray about that. Um, but before we do that, I want to I give an encouragement, and this is in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 19, and this is the message version. And this is what Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus. He says, I ask, ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of, our, uh, God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Check this out. This is going to be cool. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he's calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. Check this out. This is cool. What does it first say? Knowing him personally, right? That intimacy, that love, interaction between you and God. What does that do? What is the what is the outcome of that, knowing him personally? Right? Remember we're talking about David? Let me hear of your unfeeling love each day from trusting you. Show me which way to go. Right? Show me which way to go. Your intimacy with God will give you direction on what steps to take next. Right? Because it says here, because your eyes will be focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he's calling you to do. And then not only that, but get grasp the immeasurable importance, the extravagance of God's love for you and grasp the bigness of his call on your life. You get it? It's this, this intimacy with him. It's this love and being in love with him that changes us. Now, we're gonna pray now. So if you do me a favor, bow your heads, close your eyes, don't nobody looking around. We're gonna do business with God. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning acknowledging, many of us acknowledging that we claim to be Christ followers, but we don't know you as well as we ought. We don't have as intimate relationship with you as we ought. And many of us want to do the business of taking the next step of getting to know you more. Maybe it's spending more time in your word, taking a walk and praying Maybe it's spending a, uh, a day fasting. Maybe it's starting to take a journal 
and write down letters to God. It would, no matter what it is, you're just wanting that. You're wanting to take a next step as a Christian, a Christ follower, to get to the point to where when you meet him face to face in the judgment day, that he will know you and you will know him. And you'll have a special bond, nicknames for each other even. <laughs> if that's you, if, if you're being really real and saying, man, I need to take that step. I need to, I need to, I'm a Christ follower, but I need to get to know him. Now, this is, this is not people who haven't given your heart yet to Jesus. We'll get to you in a second. But if you're a Christ follower now and you want to take the next step to get to know him more, would you be courageous without anybody looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed? Would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? God bless you. Good. God bless you. Awesome. God bless you. God bless you. See your hand. God bless you. Good, good. Lord, we thank you for these. These daughters, these sons who you love and you've called by name, whose names are written in your book of life, Lord, they want to take steps to get to know you more. Lord, help them to be recipients of your love, to fill up each day of your unfailing love and so that they can learn to love you back and learn to love others and they have more of a deeper relationship with you. Lord, show them right now specifically what steps they can take to make that better. Maybe it's a small step. Say, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start the first thing in the morning. I'm going to, before I pick up my phone and look at Facebook, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk with God and say, thank him for the day. I'm going to ask him for him to be with me during the day. Maybe it's as simple as that. But just figure out by just talking with him right now, ask him what it is he wants you to do to get to know him better. Others of you in here have maybe at one point in your life you acknowledged that God is real and that you believe that Jesus has died for you. But you haven't, like, like me in my story, you hadn't surrendered yet. You haven't given yourself fully away to God taking that first step. I'm going to show you how to say a prayer, and it's a prayer of surrender. And if that's you this morning, I want you to say this prayer. Actually, I want everybody, if, if you can, can you say this prayer out loud with me so nobody feels left out, but it's a prayer of surrender, and it goes like this, and everybody can say it together. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe you died on the cross for me, and you paid my penalty for my sin which is death. Not only did you pay it, but you rose from the dead and you conquered death so that I could be free. Jesus, I believe you're Lord and I want you to be Lord of my life. Come in my heart. Wash me clean. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name we pray. Continue to pray with our eyes closed, head bowed. If that was you, if you said that prayer either to rededicate your life or give your heart to him for the first time, would you be courageous without anybody looking around? Would you raise your hand so I could pray for you? God bless you. Good. Good. God bless you. Awesome. Crazy Jesus. Lord, we thank you so much for the work you're doing in hearts. We thank you that we are encouraged, inspired to take more steps to get to know you more. We thank you and we praise you and we pray this in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen, amen. We're gonna have one last song here of worship. And this is a chance to really live what we've just committed to doing, to getting to know him more.
We give him worship, right? He, we give him love. That's what worship is, is giving him love because he first loved us. And that's what worship is. Worship is also giving, uh, uh, finances, uh, tithes. Uh, tithe is just simply giving back to what God's given in your life. It's a way of saying, hey, all I have is yours, and I'm just being obedient and acknowledging you, God, that you are, uh, you are God. And the God of my finances as well. But anyway, so we're going to do that giving part after the song, but I really want you to press in um, during this worship time and uh, spend some time just worshiping him. So we want to make prayer available to you. So Eileen, if you want to go back there, um, she'll be there to pray. And also Shannon, if you, oh, well, you're on a thing here. So just Eileen. Stephen will be back there as well if you want prayer. It's also a time that we can take up our morning ties and offerings. So feel free to do that too as you worship. Ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. 
together, lift our voices. Sing your praise, will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my Hey, if you love God, give him a praise this morning. He's good. And I just really, I mean, I really hope that somehow, some way that you find, if you need to come talk to me afterwards, it's like, hey, I, I want this relationship thing more. Into, I just, hey, just show me some practical steps. I'll, I'll talk with you. Amber can talk with you. Bill Eileen can talk with you about that. But I want you to be able to really get in touch with that love. And grasp it because everything changes instead of the shame and the mistakes you've made in the past and them kind of weighing you down and and dis distracting you holding you back from uh, the reality of who you are in God the reality of your identity in him you're a son you're a daughter who's dearly loved is great value and when you get that man everything changes the way you see yourself the way you see others the value in others everything changes um, you want to know him because you're going to see things through his eyes. You're going to see the world in a much more colorful way. You've seen the, uh, the, the, the certain people who have uh, color blindness and they give them these certain glasses and then it helps them be able to see all the color or they get the people who've never heard before and they get a, an implant and they're able to hear for the first time and, the, and they're weeping because the, the, they're hearing the sound of their own voice. But I'm, I'm talking about plugging into God and seeing life through a whole different perspective. That's the kind of relationship. You get, to, you get to experience the fullness of life. The fullness. Other people are just having the black and white version of this world. And you can have it in full color. God bless you guys. Mahalo. Thank you for everything. Take care. Thank you for joining us. Please join us again next week. Aloha.